Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua, and this is Let's Humanize the Workplace. And yes, it's time for the English edition. So I'm really excited about today's episode. And today's episode is all about my workplace wellness buddy who is in the States at this moment. And we're going to go discuss that. So hi, my name is Vivian Aqua. I am the workplace wellness advocate. And I am all in for let's humanize the workplace. And I know that we're going through a challenging time, but still I want to make the best out of it and still share uh, still, still speak to you know guest speakers. Still share enough tips to inspire employers, but also employees to do better. That's that's my whole mission. I have a mission um, which is based on something that endured to me, and I know that we can all do better. So that's why I'm doing. Let's humanize the workplace. It's a weekly show every Tuesday, uh, 7:45 p.m. at Central European Time, and I'm currently streaming to Twitter. YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I think I'm forgetting something, but I think it's, it should be okay by now. So um, let's show my screen, my presentation. I'm currently streaming from Amsterdam. So let me know uh, where, you're, where you're watching this episode from. Mostly by this time, I'm always going to LinkedIn because there isn't a thing for LinkedIn to, for me to see if everything is going well. So I see that I'm live, I'm turning my sound down, and also know that each time you're watching the show and commenting or interacting with us or sharing your stories or having questions, I will highlight you. Yes, you. Don't be afraid. Just share your questions, share your comments or whatever it is that you feel uh, that is needed to be shared because it's all about inspiring everybody and all about inspiring the people at the moment. Um, so sharing is caring. And like I said, I'm currently streaming from Amsterdam and I'm, uh, I'm about to talk to somebody from all the way across the States who is going through, I think, similar challenges when it comes to uh, the, the COVID lockdown. But before I start about that, I wanted to highlight something. So um, it is a challenge sometimes to, you know, read all the comments on LinkedIn. So that's why I am encouraging you to support my YouTube channel. Um, go to bit.ly and then VOVYT and subscribe every time when I'm going live. So every Tuesday uh, for the English edition and for Dutch edition every uh, Thursday. Um, you'll be receiving a reminder, a friendly reminder saying that I'm live and you can comment on YouTube. Um, know that every time that you comment or somebody comments on YouTube or is live on YouTube, I can interact with you. And there isn't that much interaction from LinkedIn. So I'm doing my best in the meantime. It's not that, you know, when I have my head down like this, it's not that I'm not interested. No, I'm watching you know, I'm watching um, the, the comments on LinkedIn as well. So to see that everybody's included in this uh, in this session. I also want to highlight another um, another article, and that is the Zoom fatigue. So uh, for me personally, it's been about six and a half weeks that I'm currently facing, you know, currently dealing with the corona lockdown and know that in the Netherlands, 
it's not that common that people work from home as a as a you know as an entrepreneur i work from home part-time and it helps me to to do my things but i know, also know that i having my own challenges with working from home i have a son i have a partner and um it can bring you know different challenges within but i'm trying to stay mindful and to keep my peace and and also wanted to share that with you as well so if you are facing maybe zoom fatigue if you don't know what it is look at the impact and also know that i'll be sharing some tips about how to deal with it but also how to prevent the digital eye strain or prevent the zoom fatigue so go to bit.ly zoom fatigue the next thing i want to oh sorry i went a little bit too fast the next thing that I want to highlight is the biggest, whoa, okay, somebody pressed my mouse, somebody used my mouse. That's also another thing my partner sometimes sits here in this room and he's using and changing all these settings and I have to change everything back. Apparently he changed my mouse settings, so apologies for that. But I wanted to highlight this, um, this image. So what is your biggest struggle for working remotely right this is a, a survey that has been done beginning of uh, i think the end of last year but it was published beginning of february so pre-corona lockdown and now you see that i can definitely predict that it will be much intensive but still know that collaboration communication loneliness not being able to disconnect and also a lot of distractions from home uh, are already were already challenging for those who are working remotely as you know as their normal job and now everybody most of the world is working remotely or a lot of people not most of the world but a lot of people are working more remotely and we need to be mindful we need to be mindful that it is a challenge to deal with that so um, with no further ado I'm going to bring up our my guest speaker for today I'm going to bring her up if my mouse is working. That's the thing when you're having two big screens and you don't know where the mouse is. Yes, I found her. So Kimberly Ficklin, yes. Hello. Kimberly, <laughs> Kimberly is a workplace engagement strategist and she helps companies to design engagement programs that fit the culture and, need, and needs of the company that don't get ignored. What that looks like is, in uh sorry what the look okay i'm having a, a hard time but what that looks like is the development of cross-functional teams a scrum as you will the art of doing twice the work in half the time she guides them through the process using the company's brain trust their values and not coming from the outside but and imposing programs on them and that's a very interesting thing so today we'll we'll be talking about um Unlocking workplace wellness. Yeah, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm Where doing you? I'm doing wonderful, you know, despite yeah. all the crazinesses in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming to you from my office in Portland, Oregon. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And how how is everything with you at the moment? It's uh, it's different. It's definitely mm -hmm. a different world we're living in. Everybody that's listening can appreciate that, I'm sure, uh, as we're not just focusing on one country having this uh, issue, which is usually mm -hmm. 
that disconnect that we have, right? So globally, yeah. we're all we're all dealing with the same thing. Mm -hmm. But you know, doing okay. I primarily work from home unless I'm in the workplace working uh, with a client. So that obviously has changed. Um, but yeah, just trying to offer as much support to workplaces with as much good information that they can utilize during this really difficult time. <laughs> yeah. You have a you have a fan, Wood Portland. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Yay! Woo. Yay. So the first the first question is: What is your connection with humanizing the workplace? Why is it so important for you to discuss this? Okay, well, so years ago, I had a health struggle that almost took me out of the game. I was a busy, stressed out corporate professional. I did not know words like self-care. I didn't know words like total care. I didn't know words like holistic. Those just were not in my vocabulary. And one day I woke up, um, I had a very stressful job. So I'll just back that up. I was corporate, mm -hmm. I was director, very, very stressful for many 20 plus years of full-time work. And then one day I just woke up sick and it never went away. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll don't have to tell my whole backstory here, but the mm -hmm. story is, is that it was two and a half years of misdiagnosis, uh, put on 12 medications, um, had a couple organs taken out uh, mm -hmm. that really, that really didn't need to be taken out in the end. Um, and at the end of two and a half years, they did a um, study called a gastric emptying study. And they found out that I have something called gastroparesis. And Basically, they just gave me a death sentence. Honestly, I was 42. The doctor said, your health is lost. There is no medication for your for gastroparesis. Everything you're doing right now, that's it. That's what you've got. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh my, well, what am I supposed to do with that, first of all? But secondly, uh, the other thing they said was the stress of your job is killing you. Or at, yeah. at least it's aggravating your already existing um, diagnosis. And I said, well, I manifested this at work. So I'm just saying I this happened from the stress of work. So I knew that. So he had said, you know, you need to go out and find a new job. And he gave me a two week medical leave. And well, the stress of trying to find a job in two weeks and or what was I going to do? So I came home and my husband, and I had to have a heart to heart. And we decided that I had to leave. I had to leave regardless yeah. of the fact that I was making good money and all of it. You know, I had to go because um, it wasn't good for me. So I ended up leaving, going back to school to become a nutritionist. In four months of treating myself, <laughs> I was weaned off of all my medications. And then what that's, I realized- That's crazy that your job can kill you, literally can almost kill you, right? Yeah. Ab absolutely. There's so much chronic illness in the workplace that we don't even realize. Um, even things like diabetes, heart mm -hmm. disease, um, those things are made worse by stress. Hmm. So when we're like, eh, I feel okay, but you know, we need to really be taking care of ourselves. So that's really my connection with it was, um, you know, then I went into nutrition, I was doing private nutrition and I went and I had a friend who asked me to do a lunch and learn in the corporate world, but I was like, like, <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to do it. I just had no interest in walking back into a workplace, but she begged and yeah. I, and I did it. And it, it, that really changed the way I was thinking about things. I realized mm -hmm. I was, I had learned a lot of things other people didn't know, like what was total health, what was, you know, holistic, like I learned these things. And I wasn't sharing those with the people who I, I had left behind mm -hmm. right, in the workplace. And the people that came to that lunch and learn 
followed me everywhere doing everything I did after that. And it told me they're craving like, they were, oh, the workplace needs this so, so badly. So I just transitioned from doing private nutrition into doing workplace wellness. That's mm -hmm. how Vivian and I met uh, going to school together. Whoop, whoop. Um, and that's and that's why I do what I do right now. And I've come a long way from even just that private nutrition um, in the processes that I use when I roll out programs or help design programs and things. And um, but it's all absolutely based 100 percent on what is best for the workplace and what is best for the workers. Yeah, yeah. I think the the way you started out is very admirable because you started from within. And um, it's also similar to the way that I started. So uh, I know that you were supposed to ask this question, but I'm, I'm going to share <laughs> this anyway. Um, for me personally, my son has everything to do with what I'm doing now. So after facing uh, pregnancy discrimination, but also being overweight myself, I knew that I had to make a shift. And I have a, not the same experience as Kimberly, but I do have a similar experience from starting out from nutrition and knowing that, you know, people are not aware how much food can heal them or can kill them. And also not aware how damaging stress is. And I wanted to do, I wanted to combine something with that. And that's where I came across with workplace wellness, where it is from a holistic perspective that you are helping people and that you're sharing knowledge and everybody can pick and choose. It's like a menu plate. Everybody can pick and choose whatever it is that they need to add on for, for um, making their resilience stronger instead of um, only providing physical wellness or activities for physical wellness because well-being is beyond only going to the gym or only doing yoga exercises, especially now, you know, it's beyond going the mental or the financial well-being right now. So, so true. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And you're right, because that's one of the soapboxes I get on. But mm -hmm. I mean, there's all a cart. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Bringing in a nutritionist and doing a lunch and learning, giving people mm -hmm. information is wonderful. However, yeah. it can't be all that you're doing. And putting mm -hmm. a gym in the back room that nobody ever uses because it's not uh, you know, nobody, like nobody <laughs> uses yeah. it. The CEO, yeah. nobody's seeing anybody use it. So they don't use yeah. it. it. It's really, um, it, it's backwards thinking and what mm -hmm. we really need. And as far as well-being goes, because yeah. that's just one thing. Like we go to the gym. Meh. True. True. Yeah. So I know that we are in a, in a challenging space and I, I don't want to, you know, uh, do the whole show about Corona, but I do have to ask this question because it's very relevant right now. Uh, what can companies do to support their people during the COVID-19 lockdown? That's a great question. Um, and one that we're still working on, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Because we're in the midst of it still. We, yeah. we, we certainly don't know how this is really going to affect the worst workplace in the long term. And we're right now not being proactive. We're being reactive in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're just trying to do what we think we can do to get it right. Right. Um, I spoke recently on my own podcast with uh, Cindy Hooker um, from Gold Dog Consulting. And we talked about how to support your workplace with remote working. And mm -hmm. we called it remote working, but that is even a stretch here because really, so remote working, it would be where 
the company and the employees have decided that they're going to create this environment yes. in which yeah. employees can work at home. And there is commitments that are made and there is agreements that are agreed upon and all of that kind of stuff that happens. So a remote worker knows what's expected of them. And mostly they have... Um you know, they have a, a nice room or something in place that supports their ergonomics, right? That supports the remote working. Yes, I, I know where you're heading. Absolutely. You. You're right, because they've decided, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to work. I'm going to set yeah. up my own little office here. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we're going to go to where we're not remote working right mm -hmm. now. We're working from home. And there's a yeah. huge difference between the two. Okay. So for employers to start saying, oh, well, now we've got all these remote workforce and I just treat them the same. It can't be that way. And no. even if you already had a remote force in place, like say your sales force is remote, but now you've got to bring in your HR department that's remote, but they've never been remote. They're not remote workers. <laughs> your sales force is still remote because you've set up that program, product, whatever you want to call it inside your business. But these people over here, they're just working from home. Now, with that said, how can you support somebody working from home? You brought up a really good thing, which is the Zoom. Um, fatigue, burnout, fatigue, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a little bit challenging. Anyway, I'm going to kind of curve this around for the use and eyes of the world mm -hmm. who work in workplaces. And we're right now saying, well, we'd like to offer you virtual stuff because that's how we train and give information to your people. And people are going, Shh, like, I don't want yeah. more, any more Zoom. I actually talked with my husband about this recently. And he said that he actually would enjoy having some time where he just put the zoom call on and somebody like maybe you or I are talking about how to care for ourselves mm -hmm. and he gets to listen, but he doesn't have to really show up. Right. Yeah. Like you do yeah. in a virtual one-on-one -on -one meeting. Just like, just treat it like a podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so, so it's not that you can't give your workplace additional uh, learning and development right now. Yeah. What they want you to stop doing is give them so many darn meetings, mm -hmm. <laughs> way more than they probably ever had before. Um, and meet, right meetings on Zoom, you have to hyper focus. Yeah. You're trying to listen to everything in a different way than when everybody's in the room together and you're interacting. It's all different, right? And you talked also about the fatigue. So if people haven't heard of this, I have it, of course. <laughs> just add it to the list of things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course, the, the words are going to escape me what it's exactly called right now. But it is um, when I look at the computer for too long, the refresh rate of the online, it actually yeah. causes me to have to get sick. I get nauseated. Mm -hmm. I get a mm -hmm. headache. I have to I have to do I have to do this kind of stuff in short bursts. Yeah. So that's here's some ways you can support. Don't expect them to be on Zoom meetings all day long, really cut down the amount of Zoom meetings that you have to absolutely what has to be done virtually. And also, it's it's not a copy paste of, you know, your offline meeting shouldn't be a copy paste of your online meeting because you have to, we have to learn how to do meetings functionally, concisely. Absolutely. You are absolutely right about that. And the other thing is, is that so now we're getting better at meetings. Mm, mm. Key. Uh, yeah, because that's number one. That's a whole nother training in itself, yeah. right? Getting more efficient meetings. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing that I think isn't happening is there's no space being created for mm -hmm. people where they're not in the meeting. So I, if you, you could listen to my podcast, I've said it time and time again, business owners that have been on it, they say it time and time again. The one thing that you can do to support your people during the COVID lockdown is create space 
mm-hmm. for everything. Just create yeah. a space. You don't have to be there and show them how to do it or drag them in. You just need to say, here's a space for you that is uh, not, maybe it's during working time. That would probably even make it better, mm-hmm. but it's all for you. It's for you. It's not for us. You're not working, right? Yeah. Whatever that space may be. And again, on the podcast, you can hear a million different ways that business owners do it. So I don't have to tell you that here, mm-hmm. but it, it, there's so many ways. Just create spaces for collaboration. Number one, yeah. uh, people say Slack. That's a good one, but but it's business related. So what in, in fact, if you did Slack and you created, say, a uh, book club, yeah, or people who love to watch The Walking Dead, <laughs> or uh, everybody who just watched Tiger King on Netflix. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but somewhere where people feel um, like it's not about work, but they can still connect. Get connected. Yeah. Yeah. So you create a virtual water cooler. Mm, I love for that lack one. of a better word, yeah. where people can come, and it doesn't matter what time of the day, and there's no judging, and you are not watching who's in there and who's not, and you're not saying they're spending too much time. Or you don't you're not doing any of that, especially right now. Mm-hmm. You're offering people space. You're saying, I trust you. I'm giving you autonomy and I trust you enough that you're getting your work done. And as well as you're coming in here and creating your own space in the space that we've allowed you to do so. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. But you mentioned the word autonomy. I mean, the example that you just shared right now, there has to be some kind of safety for people to be themselves and also for people to uh, to be able to use those spaces. Because like you shared in the beginning with uh, the, the, the fitness area or the gym area, if they don't see anybody using it, they won't use it because it will feel like you are not able to feel safe to use it because you haven't seen anybody else using it, right? Very true. There has to be a leader everywhere. And it doesn't mean yeah. that it's the leader, but somebody always, I think Brandon Laws in, in one of the episodes with me, he said this, somebody always has to take ownership mm-hmm. yeah. of, so maybe somebody takes ownership of the Slack space that has the book club because they want to be in the book club. And yeah. and you and you reach out. I always say this, there's leaders at every level in your business. And uh, you, all you have to do is ask who wants to. You're always going to find people. They love to. I was that yeah. person at work. I would say, I'll, I'll lead it. Mm-hmm. I'll have fun doing that. And so instead of it always being like us saying the executive has to do it, like the CEO is like, ah, now I have to create a space and I'm going to go in and read yeah. a book and try yeah. to interact. I got too much going on. No, oh, this is a good one. Yes. <laughs> no, this is a good you one. don't have to do that. CEO, HR director. You just have to create the space and then ask somebody to step into it. Yes, so definitely. Yes. And I also like this one. This is added by B. Actively welcome kids and pets, especially now. I love it when I see somebody with the pets or with the kids. I know that, you know, uh, sometimes my son pops up from now, from time to time in this uh, in this broadcast. And I know that it has to. I feel like I have to include him in this way. And also seeing pets, it warms me, you know, during so during a meeting. Yes. Yeah, and the kids are comic relief right now. Come on, mm-hmm. don't 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 even think you're not laughing when you see some kid photo bomb. You know, you're all, <laughs> that's funny. And yes. so we all need uh, a lot of grace right now, right? We yeah. need to give each other grace, especially working from home. So going back to how can you be supportive when mm-hmm. you hear dogs barking in the background and kids running through the house? And I don't know. I saw a video where a, a lady was doing a, a, a chat like this, and her husband came in his underwear. <laughs> 
stopped to talk to her. And she's like, <gasps> and then when he realized what he did, he ran real quick, but he hit the wall and fell down. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. She's mortified. You could tell by the look on her face. But I'm thinking if everybody could see that, all of us would be saying, oh, girl, don't even worry about it. Right. Yes, so true, if you true. could tell yourself, you know, what would you tell your friend? If if it was them, you'd be like, don't worry about your kid being back there. So that's also no, another I mean, support. It's, it's very funny because in, I think two or three years ago, we were all laughing at the BBC journalist where the, his kids one by one came into the room. And now it's, it's brilliant. It's reality now it's at so the is. moment. Right. So we we rather should embrace that mm -hmm. at the moment. Well, at any moment. So Pat Welch at Bali Welch here in Portland, mm -hmm. they do. They, I interviewed that was 25 plus things you can do to rock the socks off your employees. And mm -hmm. one of those things was they allow, they have seniors in there. They have the children in there. They have pets, all of it, all of it's there all over, all over. So that's, that can be done at all times. Right. Cool. Cool. Why, why do you think it's important in the workplace though, Vivian? I think when, when you look at workplace well-being, especially now, it shows that, the companies that do have these place or the pillars or the foundation for workplace well-being, workers' wellness uh, in place, they see camaraderie. They see their people connecting. They see their people being more resilient than the people who don't have that or the companies who don't have that at the moment. I'm seeing good stuff, uh, for instance, by Starbucks or um, let's say uh, Spotify, who's providing budgets for people to design their own uh, home office. And I'm seeing also some a lot of bad stuff happening. I'm not going to name the companies though, but I do feel sad about uh, employees being fired via Zoom, which is devastating, definitely devastating, especially when you're invested in your work and you see your work as you know part of you. Um, I mean, there are so many delicate ways to fire people. Please, when you need to do that, please be delicate please be you know add in the human factor in that yes oh my gosh that's well it's scary enough right now anyway so everybody's mm -hmm. on edge now you're like yeah. what is happening yeah mm -hmm. um it must be very difficult also for employers to be firing people right now definitely we need to have empathy both ways yes um, so as an employer, I'm empathizing that I'm letting go an employee I would never want to let go. And in the same, the employee is empathizing with the leader mm -hmm. in that they're doing something they would, it feels very uncomfortable yeah. for them as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to know that what are the lessons that you have learned during this lockdown? And what do you think that companies can learn from that, can be useful you know, I was thinking about that and mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure I have a lesson to offer up yet because I honestly mm -hmm. think we have so much more to learn moving through this. Um, I mean, really the only lesson I guess at this point that really stands out is that it's very difficult for people to work from home who are not used to working from yeah. home. Yeah. And it's even more difficult when you have an employer who can't figure out how to help their employees work from home. Yeah. I don't know. That's not really a lesson, but I think that's probably the focus at this point is just mm -hmm. trying to figure out how how this works. Um, and then I just think well, the lessons will come. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I think it's too early to to have learned too too much at this point. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What do you think? I think that um, before uh, the lockdown and Corona, um, 
mental well-being or mental illness was was stigmatized and i think i hope in some way the stigma will be less because uh whatever your function is if you are rich or poor or if you are in a higher level or in a lower level everybody is in the same storm mm -hmm. we're not in the same boat but we're facing the same storm and uh when it comes to our mental well-being we are all challenged, maybe in a, li in a light way and some, some others in a heavy way. But after this, I'm hoping that the empathy level regarding people being mentally, you know, me where, where their mental health is being challenged, that there is more sympathy, more empathy regarding that. Because I do feel like every, ch every person, even the children, are faced with their own mental well-being challenge. Absolutely. I mean, we don't... It, everything's up in the air still right now. So people mm -hmm. are, uh, there's no, there's no dust settled yet. Right. So no, no. we can't really know. And I, and I love the fact that you've said that about the empathy because mm -hmm. it would, it, it really is. I think what's, what's missing is that we, well, when, according to mental health, when I start to think about this is that sometimes we're just afraid to have that yeah. conversation in the workplace. Mm -hmm. It's never been something that we talked about. Vivian, you know, before you and I and we heard from people that started doing this that you didn't you kept your personal life yeah at home and you came to work and when you were talking about your personal life at work you were gossiping and you're at not at your desk and you were yeah. not doing yeah. work right yeah. but you can't split yourself you can't do that you're both these people your business side and your personal side you are both it's hard to leave yourself out the door and check in and check out that's why eventually your body checks out Yes. Well, it's silly to think because does anybody yeah. get home and automatically when they hit the door, work goes off? No, because we all know that is not the truth. No, true, true. <laughs> and you brought it up earlier about, you know, when we identify with what we do in work, when yeah. people say, oh, hi, I'm Kimberly. Oh, what do you do? It's almost the first question. Mm -hmm. And if we're, and sh we're like, <laughs> mm, I don't know where I fit in right now. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it is important. And, 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 and now we know that it can't, we can't possibly try to split those things up. So mm -hmm. we just need to make it more personal in the workplace. And um, so I don't remember who said this, but it, it gave me a good example of if, if, uh, if Vivian, if you fell at work and you broke your arm, mm -hmm. I would have just walked past you and be like, oh, mm, I don't really want to deal with Vivian's mm -hmm. illness right now, you know, no. or whatever. Um, I would get help for you right away. Whatever you needed, I'd call somebody, right? Well, it's the same with mental health. Mm -hmm. So if there, your friend has a broken arm, mentally speaking, <laughs> you you help fix them. Or, I, mean, I don't want to say fix them, but you help give them resources. You ask them what true. they need. Um, your friend at work, your coworkers, your boss, even your boss. We're all afraid yeah. to like... Have a they're all human and it and it goes it's not only like that we're asking or demanding employers to only look after their employees mm -hmm. but also look after your managers look after your leaders because they need support they need the help as well they might not even say that but they need they are human and in the end and they need help as well i also have a a, a comment from uh, linkedin and lillian Hi, Lillian. Hi, Lillian. Uh, Lillian uh, Cardoso is saying, what if your job doesn't give you the space and increases the workload? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It will be troublesome. In the end, it will provide more. It will get more stressful. And you cannot, in this period, especially, it's not 
carry on situation right now. It's a surviving situation. Corona lockdown, it's different. We need to be empathic. We need to help our people and support our people in whatever it is that they need. So regarding the workload, it is um, a recipe for ending up with a burnout, with more stress and with less people. And less people means that your company can be less profitable. You can reach less clients. Mm That's very true. Well, Lillian, here's the thing. As an employee, I didn't take responsibility for my own health. I didn't take control. Now, with that said, it was scary to do what I did. So don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But when I recognized that the stress of my job was killing me, I had to leave it. Mm, now yes. that doesn't mean you have to quit and become a nutritionist and do your own business like <laughs> I did. You need to find another job. And right now there's a lot of them. There just is. There's a lot in retail and all the essential places are looking for work and you may or may not be treated the same way there. Here's what I say about jobs. I'm sure my CEOs are going to love me to say this. You're only obligated as much as your employer is obligated mm-hmm. to you. You make a commitment, the same commitment that they make to you. Being told, which is some things that I was told when I worked with people was, you're lucky to have your job, get back to it. Mm-hmm. That's BS. No. It's BS. Don't buy into that hype. There's jobs. There is jo- jobs. Right now there is, but there's always a job. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy to, because this is what I say. Well, it's not easy. No. Do you think it was easy for me to quit my job? I was a director. I made good money. We took a huge cut, but what was most important was my health. And there yeah. had to come a time when I took control. I couldn't just say, well, my employer doesn't give me. And Lillian, I'm not trying to pound on you here. I'm trying to, I really want to give you some um, empowerment to say, um, it's time for me to stop allowing people to treat me like crap, mm-hmm. even in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and I am going to, starting today, put in applications for other employment that I would like to go work for. And the other thing that I always say to employees is go find the work job you want. Don't just go find another job because that's what mm-hmm. we all do. We just find the next job, put in a bunch of applications and they want to hire me. But if you've looked at their Indeed or their whatever, and you see that they don't have good reviews and they don't create culture and you don't take that and that's, job. And that's also <laughs> something that that uh, employers and managers should be aware about is um, we now live in a space where people can leave reviews, they can share their opinions. And uh, especially now more than ever, it's so important to support your people, to be there for your people, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they need. Maybe there's something that you cannot provide, but direct them towards something. Um, kindness doesn't have, it is, kindness is free right? Kindness is free. Is. So, um, well, and then, yes. and then going off of, you know, just to backtrack for Lillian here a bit, mm-hmm. uh, rather than, you know, if, if it's too much to think, well, obviously just going and quitting your job, that's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but getting your needs met means going yeah. at, sometimes that means managing up, which mm-hmm. means you go to your manager and you say, I have needs and they're not being yeah. met. Now yeah. that might be met with not a very good, you don't know how it will be met, but until you, you're the only one you only, we have control of ourselves and that is mm-hmm. it. True. So as employees, we can only control how we react to things, how we respond to things and how we ask to get our needs met. Mm-hmm. And just like personally, we show people how to treat us by allowing them to continue to treat us that way, even in the workplace. 
Mm -hmm. And I know it's super hard for people to hear this because, you know, oh, yeah, it's easy for you. No, it was not. Oh, my God. It, it, is, not. it is not. No. It was hard. It was night after night of me and my husband having a conversation about what is this doing to my health long term? Yeah. Um, and is it worth it? And, not, and we're not even talking about mental health. We're just talking about my chronic illness. It's similar, right, to bullying it at the workplace, right? Eventually, there's, there's something happens within you. I've been there. I've been bullied. I've been told that I'm worth nothing or my work is worth nothing, where there, um, there came a time when I almost started to believe them. I almost, almost. The reason why I say almost is I have a wall on my wall or I have something on my wall which reminds me of what, pe what people see in me in good times, but also what I see in myself. And it's never the case that I let somebody else dictate the way they, I made them feel the way they think about me because it's not, it's their truth, not my truth. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also have a few POC is really, it's really onto it. So uh, saying mental health evasion is real, even more amplified when the injury in the team and how it works. Mm. And also another thing, um, relationships are mutual. Definitely. When it comes to the workplace, it's a relationship. It's something that needs to be nurtured for, from both sides, right? It's not a one-sided relationship that you're going. Yes. It, it is not. And I, I say that often on the podcast because I'm mostly speaking to the executives, mm -hmm. but I, I know that employees are listening all the time. And I say, Hey, it's yeah. up to you to get what you want. That's that way for anybody. It's up yeah. to you to get yeah. what you want. And, and you can't sit around and wait for somebody else to do it. And sometimes relationships are built again by the employee managing up. Yes, true, true. And I also want to, I want to emphasize, I've been hearing a lot of people taking this time to reevaluate their career. It's very interesting that I'm hearing, you know, hearing this from you, but also hearing uh, other people talking about that. And it's an excellent time to reevaluate your career. I'm not saying that you should leave, but I'm just say, asking you to reevaluate what, what works, what doesn't work. And now is the time to to get things happen, to, to look at the things that can be uh, improved. Yeah, it's a perfect time. I said this is the biggest crack in workplace that we've mm -hmm. ever had. If we can't utilize this as an opportunity Definitely. to grow, mm -hmm. there's just no other opportunity like there is right now, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So I have more questions from Lillian. Lillian is saying, that's exactly what I was thinking today because they don't understand the emotional stress they are putting on employees. A new job. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Thanks, Lillian, for sharing this with us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love it, Lillian. Um, thank yeah. you for, for being um, on here and talking with us, too. So, <laughs> And also from PLC uh, saying available option might depend on biases of others and connect villages and networks. Definitely. I mean, I think we have to do a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother broadcast because this definitely brought a lot of uh, engaging uh, questions and comments from everybody. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going back to mm -hmm. the questions. Um, let me see. Okay, we have discussed some of the pillars, some of the foundation, yeah. but yeah. from your perspective, looking at the Workplace Wellness Foundation, which pillar is not getting enough attention? And if we need to repeat, we'll repeat it again. <laughs> I love that you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> we did not discuss this in advance, and she already no, knows what I'm going to say. I know, I know you. <laughs> I'm going to go to mental health. I'm going to go back to mental health. 
Okay, so we're it's a buzzword right now. We're talking about a lot. It's getting talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. But are we doing really anything about it? The first step is always the information. So let's get it out there and start talking. But I think now we're there. We need to start, especially where we're at right now. So also also not forget that Mm -hmm. I can predict that when we when the dust is settled regarding the lockdown. Some people will then have the time to process everything and then they'll break down. That's what mm-hmm. I can predict. We don't even know the long-term mental no. health effects of this. Mm-hmm. We have no idea of what, no. well, I mean, we do in some regards, we do have mm-hmm. some statistics behind just quarantining ourselves. Um, you know, suicide rates go up, depression no. goes up, child molestation, uh, spousal abuse, those kind of things mm-hmm. happen. And we have to really, really realize that that's a set. Those are secondary uh, yeah. things that are happening to this. And those are what's going to come out later. You're right. Because we're all in mm-hmm. shock right now. So it's yeah. like, it's like getting hit by a car and yeah. you're all, Oh, what's happening? What's happening. And then they fix you all up. But now you've got months and months of rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that we're going to have to be paying attention in the workplace moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, and it probably means bringing in mental health awareness experts to help have those conversations with people, right? Um, And creating spaces for it. And again, it's- I don't know where to point. (laughs) These two people. You're that way. You're you're that. It's backwards. It doesn't matter. There we go. You're that way. That way. Um, Yes. Bringing in people that can help you create a space because that's what you- How do I create a space? Eh, You don't know how. That's what we do. So we're going to show you how to create that space. It's really not- hard. I won't say it's not hard, but it is time consuming. And it, and it, uh, it absolutely has to have a commitment from the top down. Everybody all in between has to commit to and agree to that. We are going to put a very serious focus on mental health Mm -hmm. in the year of 2020, 2021, based specifically off of what we all just had to deal with. And the brilliance of it again, and I don't mean that this is great because it's all over the world, is that we're dealing with it globally because then we can all come together and talk about all the workplaces instead of just fixing one country's workplace and then going on to the next. I mean, this is an amazing. It's the same what I shared before regarding the stigma, right? Everybody is facing their own challenge regarding mental well-being. So I, I, it's weird for me to say that, but in a way I'm happy if this is the outcome of Corona, then I'm happy that it's happening now so that we put things in place to prevent it the next time. Yes. Um, uh, old boss and a mentor of mine once said, if you ever mm-hmm. want something to get done, create a crisis around it. Mm. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and that was in business. He taught me how to create many crises so that I could get the attention of people wow. who needed to be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's an interesting concept because you wouldn't mm-hmm. think that's how to get things done. But I, uh, he would pro- yeah. prove to me time and time again yeah. that it actually does that work that way. Um, yeah, I don't say this is great either, but I'm going to look yeah. at it opportunistically and yeah. say it's an amazing time for us to start having these conversations. Definitely. And what more perfect time as you are integrating your employees back into the workforce to have created already a space for them to move back into that is going to uh, help with their mental health help mm-hmm. with all of it, healthy gym, eating, all, all that's going by the wayside yeah. right now at home. I promise you. 
we can't Definitely. go to gyms. Probably most people aren't eating right because they're eating no. comfort food right now. Mm -hmm. I know in our house, we're like, I said, I promised I was going to buy anything that I wouldn't normally eat. And then me and my daughter started texting and I wanted everything we couldn't normally yeah. eat because I wasn't supposed to go to the store and get it. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so I definitely think this is the time. I also feel like um, something that adds on to what you're sharing regarding mental well-being and wellness is financial health. So uh, people who are now facing financial stress, uh, it can trigger also their mental well-being as well or the mental illness as well. So please put that, please put something in place. Please have conversations with them or provide people provide them, connect them with people who can help them raise more awareness and know that as an employer, you can help them, help them now before it becomes worse, before they might be losing their house, before they might be losing other things or before they become unproductive and they, you know, they, they are more harmful for your company than an added value. So please put that in place as well. Good point. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I love it when POC is, is sharing a lot. So the antidote is team, family, community, global collaborative learning, uh, diversity, and uh, and empathy, empathic uh, learning work. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'm true. reading. That's why I'm squinting. <laughs> No, many financial so, experts are not social workers or therapists and vice versa. We must collaborate. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay. I, yeah. That is, there is a soapbox for me too, because I can't do everything in your workplace. True. I am not the expert at all of that. I, True. however, know a lot of people who are experts at doing what is in the workplace. And so I am collaborating as a liaison, helping companies to bring in these people that they need, uh, need referred and recommended. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. We we need to work with with people, and that's why we also need to look at the challenge that people are dealing from a holistic perspective. Because what Kimberly needs is different than what I need, and and etc. Within your company, right? So, uh, wrapping things up. Do you mind we are going a little bit over time? I do not mind. Okay. <laughs> so, um, this one. How can employers create business where wellness is at the forefront? I think the this is the right time, right? So when you provide a menu for your employees to choose from, to work on their resiliency, to work on whatever is needed to, to become more energetic, to boost their... I'm not going to say productivity because I... During this COVID time, we shouldn't be watching, mm -hmm. them, shouldn't be aiming for productivity. We should be aiming for their energy and we should be aiming for their support. That's when they'll remember that, you know, after this lockdown or maybe during this lockdown, that they are going to, to go a little bit, they are going to work a little bit extra. They are going to work the extra mile. That's when you, that's what people will remember. And regarding the workplace well-being, I think, also, this period has shown that the companies that do have toolkits in place or that do raise awareness regarding well-being, that they will come out as heroes and they will come out as uh, the most sustainable company for their employees. And that's also something that you need to. I know there's a lot right now that we need to look after, but your people, your people yes. are the, the, the business makers. Without the people, 
your business has no existence anyway. So we have to look into the people and we have to look into the diverse roles they can play. Yes, I love it. And you I'm writing down so I didn't yeah. forget that you said menu. So we have to yeah. create a menu. So here's mm -hmm. what a lot of people will say, because just like you said, uh, uh, you know, I mm -hmm. my needs are different than your needs. And I was yeah. uh, giving a talk recently where somebody said that. How do we yeah. get everybody's needs met each individually? And I said, you can. Yeah. You can. It's collaboratively yeah. as a team. Mm -hmm. Everybody comes together and uh, says, OK, so Vivian needs this. So we're going to support Vivian for that. And Kimberly needs yeah. this. But what you have is a menu of services. So at the beginning, you said, I help companies design programs uh, that with their brain trust rather than coming in and throwing a program down and going, here's my mm -hmm. program, let's roll it out. Yeah. Uh, menu of services is designed off of what your employees have told you True. that they need from you. And then you just offer all of it. And at whatever time somebody wants to take advantage of it, it's there for the taking advantage of. True. Um, and you've created, that's the creating of the space, right? Yeah, but, but it's it there also, for them. Also for the companies that do start small, what I do normally is maybe let the team pick or let the, 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 the ambassadors pick a top three because I, I understand that they can't work on all the pillars, but let's choose a top three and mm -hmm. provide some some tools or some you know menu items for people to choose from that as well. What if you just did one? <laughs> what if we just started like with True. one of those things? True. Yeah, True. I mean, True. because a lot of companies, you and I both know a lot of companies yeah. don't even have one. A Lillian yeah. just, just shared that with us. Mm -hmm. Her company doesn't have one. So yeah. if you don't have one of those pillars being implemented in your business, then that, just start with one and then dive really deep into it. Here's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Going back to that employee commitment. If you if your employees start to see you really care enough that you're going to grab this one pillar and you're going to just work it until it can't be worked anymore and they see you're doing that, they're going to jump right in and help you mm -hmm. shine up that pillar and make that pillar look just as great as it possibly can. So yeah. You do it, they'll jump on. If your employer's not doing it, you can be mm -hmm. the one that leads that. You true, can ask true. for it. True. But regarding, because we, we I talked about something um, regarding uh, productivity, right? Mm -hmm. There's also a need, a, a better word for that, performance. Yes. And you were talking about this. I noticed this uh, on your LinkedIn profile. Can you mm -hmm. share the four keys for unlocking the employee performance and maybe uh, maybe adjust it for COVID or does it need no adjusting for COVID? Um, not, no, not really. I don't think okay. so. I'm actually going to bring it up just so that real quick so that I can make sure that I have the, mm -hmm. the study here because this was a study uh, done last year with PricewaterhouseCoopers LLC and the University of Southern California. And they announced the results of one of the largest studies to date of mm -hmm. their co corporate well-being effort and um, passed on that report to me. And they had four top findings and absolutely they could be, um, I think they're more important probably now than at any other time. So mm -hmm. number one was that healthy behaviors are more important than the right habit. Mm. And we've already talked about that. So what that means is just bringing in a nutritionist and teaching them something isn't more important than- They should walk the talk. Then, the, yeah. then seeing that the whole business does this, yeah. everybody yeah. everybody cares about this. Um, and then, then they create their own habits. Again, we just said, you make your menu of services, they decide what habits they like, and mm -hmm. they go, and then that's how you serve every employee, right? Mm -hmm. So don't worry about 
telling your employees what the habits are that they need to change. That's not your job. Mm -hmm. Your job is to, as an employer, is to inform them, give them education behind it, yeah. and then allow them to decide what's the most important mm -hmm. habits that they're going to click on to. And that's what they they said. First and foremost is that that absolutely works. Yes, true. Okay? Sure. So now you said performance, not productivity. Uh, we use that word because it's a buzzword. So the Vivians and I of the world will use it so that you guys <laughs> will listen to us. We don't like the word. <laughs> we don't like what is my ROI. I hate mm -hmm. that. No, what is your VOI? What is your value of your investment? What yeah. will your employee, what are you going to gain from your employees? Not productive wise. In the end, you will. It's all great. Productivity comes at the end of all this in your your golden pot of, you know, your pot of gold at the end of your rainbow, but you've got to work that rainbow first. Yeah. Okay. Number two, inclusive leadership and teamwork make well-being thrive. Can you, no, no, sorry. I can't let you go, get off the hook right now. Can you repeat that one again, just to make it clear to those who haven't heard that one? Number two. Inclusive leadership mm -hmm. and teamwork make well-being thrive. Amen. <laughs> yes. And what does that mean? That yeah. means that I'll go back to the talk I did recently mm -hmm. where I had um, an owner say, oh, the guys on the production floor, he was asking me a question. The guys on the production floor, they don't care. When they see the boss coming, they run. Mm -hmm. and, and isn't that just the way it is? And I'm saying that's yeah. the way you've created it to be. Yeah. And that's not that. So how, how are they going to change? He was he's all worried about how. And I'm like, nah, you, <laughs> sir, yeah. this is all about you. Mm -hmm. Your words that you're saying to me right now are not inclusive. Yeah. Uh, you're blaming it on your employees that they think mm -hmm. you're a bad guy and don't want to spend time with you. Um, you created no space. And you're, the question you're asking me is telling me that you don't even, you're not even open to doing that. Yeah. And that's yeah. why, because he's saying he's struggling in the manufacturing floor. That's why. Because there is no teamwork and there's no leadership and you don't make it inclusive. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you think you're the boss. That's how you, that was your words. <laughs> that's, that's your words. And when you say it, then they believe it. And as long as you call yourself the boss, then they will always believe that you're the boss. And you're, you. you're, you're dealing with a generation and I'm not going to say Gen, Gen Z or millennials. <laughs> there is, there is a, a, a generation for to all levels, to all ages that would rather have a leader, a coach than a boss. That time of a boss, it's over. It's over. It's over and done. And it's overrated. Yeah, true. <laughs> Being a boss isn't fun anyway. I mean, who yeah. really wants that? Because yeah. then they get to be that guy. The one mm -hmm. that goes, I can't, I don't know what to do. And I can't because I'm stuck. And, you know, I'll do, hire us. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> that was my answer to him anyway. But, uh, okay, so let, let's go to number three now. Yes. Which just, it, it's all... You know, it just ties back around of everything mm -hmm. we've been talking about. Corporate priority. Corporate priority. Healthy habits equal big business benefits. But it has to be the priority of the corporation. And I'm not just saying just the CEO because there's CEOs that job mm -hmm. and go out and they eat right. And they tell everybody they should too. But the leaders, the managers, bid, directors and that, they don't play the game the same. Yeah. And sometimes I know that employees get frustrated because the, the the owners and the CEOs are on this different ideal and they don't know how to get to share that with their leaders in a way that leaders mm -hmm. are open to sharing it as True. well. So you want productivity, big business benefits, healthy yeah. habits, healthy habits. 
Number four was one that when I did this talk and I gave this, a few people at the end didn't came up and actually shared that they didn't agree with this one. Now, I'm not the one that did the study, so <laughs> I'm just sharing the information. Mm -hmm. But this was true of uh, Pricewaterhouse LLC's workforce. Tech boosts well-being. What? No I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you're going to hate this. Now, it's no, not I'm not going to hate it because um, <laughs> this was shared. There we go. Awesome. See? This was shared. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they know what they're I love it. I, I know what they're uh, talking about. Why? Why should I hate tech? I love tech. <laughs> I, know. I know you do. I just meant like we're in the situation where we're talking about Zoom burnout and all that. So know, I'm like, oh, I give know. them some more tech. But let yeah. me explain. Let me explain mm -hmm. this. Is it was literally wearing like a Fitbit and everybody at the job had them. Right. Yeah. So then or I don't want to say everybody, because, of course, you're not making inclusive if you're forcing people to, to wear things. So those people who wanted to wear their Fitbit and enjoy wore it and they enjoyed and they said it boosted their well-being, seeing mm -hmm. seeing other people as well. They're doing being nudged. The stuff with them. Yeah. Yes. Right. They're being nudged in a healthy way. And that's yes. that's, you know, a good incentive to motivate others uh, along the way. So, yeah. Nudges and cues. That's mm. something we know well about it. Yes, well, you know? definitely. Yes. Groom, definitely. groom. Well, this is a terrible word, but groom your people <laughs> to be, to be uh, well. You can do yes. it. Yes. And people didn't like number four. I don't understand that because. Oh, no. they. Yeah. No. Afterwards, they came up and they go, I just totally don't agree with number four. And I was like, well, you don't have to. It wasn't your. Mm -hmm. It may not be in your workforce. This was, mm -hmm. you know, that study that was done. Maybe it's not true for all workforces. But in this study, that's what they found. Okay. We're mm -hmm. almost at the end. And I have to ask this question and I'm hoping that we'll see 2025. So can you share your wish <sighs> when it comes to humanizing the workplace and workplace wellness? Are we going to still be talking about workplace wellness as it is a new phenomenon or as it is a, a huge surprise? I didn't know what it means and I don't know if we have it. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. I actually think you picked a really good year mm -hmm. in my brain because mm -hmm. five years, first we crack open yeah, and the use in the eyes that have already been preaching this, but not really been listened to so much mm -hmm. get to get right in that chasm, right? And start yeah. shouting from the rooftops. Here we are. Here we are. Listen, listen, yeah. listen, because this is right. It's true. Here's reports that show it is. Your employees are going to love you. Do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely think that it won't be as like, oh, this workplace wellness thing is new. However, we have to be agile because mm. with every new if with every new hire, with every new fire, with every new leader, with every new financial decision is an entirely different workforce again. And you can't design something right now and expect that in 2025, it's still going to be working the way yeah, that it should definitely. be. You'll have a lot of different employees. Things will change. So you have to be yeah. agile. You have to constantly be flexible. Right. And I think if we do it that way in 2025, we are going to be so surprised at the amount of things that at least will be different than they were before. Yes. Yes. In a positive way. I believe in a positive way, yeah. but I believe it for a couple of reasons. The use and the eyes are getting tired of jobs and we're like, we're out of here. Mm -hmm. We're going to go show people that it doesn't have to be this way. So yeah. that's important. And I also think that the more that employees and employers hear the use and eyes having these conversations, the more it 
we broke open so the seeds could be free. That we yes. plant little seeds, <laughs> right? Because it used to yes. be the same in nutrition. People would say yeah. to me, they'd send me an email a year later and say, you came, that, you did that lunch and learn. And you just said this one thing and I've been doing it for the whole year. And, you know, yeah. so that's what I think yeah. 2025 bring, will be. It's also important to bring outside people. Sometimes it's the best thing to bring outside people to, to raise awareness, but also it's refreshing to hear, you know, somebody else talk about these things because uh, it will help the company adopt them. And also look at these two energetic ladies, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about performance and productivity here. Ah, no. <laughs> at least we're laughing and we're making it enjoyable, but it, it can be also very serious, but still know that there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to workplace wellness. And there's a lot of work to be done right now when it comes mm -hmm. to well-being and know whatever it is that you can support your employee. But also if you're an employee um, employee and you have ideas, share them, share them with the manager, share them with HR, bring them to light and find a community so that you can amplify that. Because I also feel like we um, leaders and HR and other departments who are responsible for certain of these activities also need to be nudged, gently nudged. It's true. And as an employee, if you love to read books and thought it would be really fun to have a book club, then be the mm -hmm. leader. Then yes. and say, hey, I know this sounds kind of weird right now, mm -hmm. but I kind of need a little bit of space where I'm with my friends and it's not about work. Could we start a book club? Sure. I am. 100% guarantee you nobody's going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> and if they do, then I'm going to go back to Lillian and say it's time for you to find a new job. Because that's yeah. so simple. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing speaking to you. I mean, it's funny. I just recently did a podcast with Kimberly, which is coming out mm -hmm. very soon. And now mm -hmm. I'm interviewing her for Let's Humanize the Workplace. Yeah. But let's see. I hope to do another conversation with her post-corona. And I hope that we can talk about post-corona in a few months time so that we can see if the if this conversation inspired somebody or made a change for somebody i'm just going to have a peep um on linkedin see the comments mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um vivian do you remember the date that your episode was going to release i don't have it in front of me actually i can <laughs> I'm all, I'll just look it up while you're doing that. It's your podcast. Well, I think I told you, but I don't have the thing in front no, of me. No, I don't okay. remember. I don't you're remember funny. it anymore. It's all right. You, you look at what you're looking at. I'm going to look real okay. quick. Okay, okay. So that we can tell the listeners when they can. Okay, POC in. is sharing what you didn't do to bury me, but you forgot that I was a seed. Yes, that's a very important thing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. And thank you also for being uh, being on top of the show. Yes. I really loved the comments that you shared. And um, do you have the date? I do right here. Hold on. Some reason I couldn't bring up my Excel sheet. Okay, so Vivian, you are 521, mm -hmm. May 21st. Okay, then... So the Happy Healthy Watch Workplace out. Podcast. The Definitely. Happy Healthy Workplace Podcast you can find on any of your favorite players. Uh, May 21st, Vivian and I having And I will share it. I will Wonderful. share it. I will Great. definitely share it. So thank you, Kimberly. Please stay on. I'm just closing off. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have any questions regarding workplace well-being, you know, you know how to find these two ladies. And Kimberly is very active on LinkedIn, but also 
listen to her podcast in these because she really interviews valuable people. So uh, thank you so thank much. for being a wonderful guest. And I had a wonderful time at the show. Me too. So. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm so happy about our friendship. I just, yes, definitely. I really, I really enjoy you. <laughs> thank you. Let me see. Let me close off. So I was talking about this. So if you want to comment, just like you see POC, but also just like you see uh, Lillian for uh, commenting on the show, if you want me to include you in the show, you can follow me on Twitter. You can otherwise um, subscribe to the YouTube channel where you will receive a notification the next time that I go live. So every Tuesday in English and mostly on Thursday in Dutch, and it's all about inspiration, about let's humanize the workplace. So thank you, stay safe, and I hope to see you next time. Bye.